0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Welcome back to Sunday Setup, the weekly podcast show that prepares you for the readings you'll hear at Mass this Sunday. Christmas is almost here, and our readings this weekend put us right on the threshold of the birth of Jesus. We'll spend the most amount of time today on our first reading from the second book of Samuel. It tells of King David, who has already done much good in the land of Israel. He has built up the city of Jerusalem and secured the return of the Ark of the Covenant. And yet, as our first reading begins, David is perturbed by the contrast between his palace and the seeming tent in which the Ark of the Covenant resides. He wants to do something about this, and so he amends to construct a house, a a temple, for the Ark. Now, temple building was a common activity of rulers in the ancient Near East. Kings would often seek to bring greater glory to their rule by constructing a massive temple. This way, people of later generations would still remember the king and honor him. But David's motivations, we're told, are different. He wants to construct a temple not for his own glory, but rather to exalt the Lord's. He consults the prophet Nathan about building this temple and initially Nathan gives him the green light. But in a dream, the Lord God tells Nathan to pump the brakes. What follows is a beautifully poetic reversal, and it all hinges upon wordplay. In Hebrew, the word for temple is bayit. But this word can also mean house, dwelling, palace, and dynasty. So, in the Lord God's response to David through the prophet Nathan, he says that David will not build the Lord a house, a bait, but rather the Lord God will build David a house, a bait. And yet, this house will not be a physical building or palace, but rather a dynasty. As the final verse of the first reading tells us, this house and kingdom will endure forever. In some sense, this promise was made true with David's son, Solomon. He would continue the glory of David's reign and he even built God a temple in the process. But then, before long, the dynasty of Israel split into two. With that, a couple of centuries removed from King David, the reign of his offspring ceased. Many began to wonder, what happened to the promise made by the Lord God to David? Did it stop? Was it wrong? And this line of thought will continue straight to the Gospel this weekend. There's so much we could say about this moment of the Annunciation when the angel Gabriel visits Mary. But look at this event through the lens of our first reading. In the first verses, Luke tells us that Gabriel went to visit a woman betrothed to a man from the house of David. Don't miss the clear allusion here to our first reading. Remember God's promise to David that he would construct a house for him. It's being manifest right here as Joseph is from the house, or in other words, a descendant of David. Later on, we hear Gabriel say to Mary that the Lord God will give Jesus the throne of David his father, and that he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and that of his kingdom there will be no end. The promise made to David centuries ago once again is coming to life. A final thought about the gospel. We're told that the angel Gabriel was sent to a town of Galilee called Nazareth. The word Nazareth is taken from the Hebrew word nester, which means a branch or a shoot. This should remind us of a familiar prophecy of Isaiah that we hear often in the Advent season. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. With Jesus' birth, that branch does indeed come forth in Nazareth a town taken from the very Hebrew word for branch. Lastly, our second reading. It's the final three verses of St. Paul's letter to the Romans. The core sentence is this, To God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Everything else around that modifies this core sentence. To God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. And that sentence should remind us of the final doxology we hear the priest say at every Mass. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours, forever and ever. Amen. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this week, the fourth week of Advent of Year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.